Hey guys, welcome to my first podcast. Um, today we are going to be reading the prologue of Maybe Someday by Colleen Hoover. So let's get started. This is from Sydney's point of view. I just punched a girl in the face. Not just any girl. My best friend. My roommate. Well, as of five minutes ago, I guess I should call her my ex-roommate. Her nose began bleeding almost immediately, and for a second, I felt bad for hitting her. But then I remembered what a lying, betraying whore she is. And it made me want to punch her again. I would have if Hunter hadn't prevented by stepping between us. So instead, I punched him. I didn't do any damage to him, unfortunately. Not like the damage I'd done to my hand. Punching someone hurts a lot worse than I imagined it would. Not that I spent an excessive amount of time imagining how it would feel to punch people. Although I am having that urge again as I stare down at my phone at the incoming text from Ridge. He's another one I'd like to get even with. I know he technically has nothing to do with my current predicament, but he could have given me a heads up a little sooner. Therefore, I like to punch him too. Ridge, are you okay? Do you want to come up until the rain stops? Of course I don't want to come up. My fist hurts enough as it is, and if I went up to Ridge's apartment, it would hurt a lot worse after I finished with him. I turned around and looked up at his balcony. He's leaning against his sliding glass door, phone in hand, watching me. It's almost dark, but the lights from the courtyard illuminate his face. His dark eyes lock with mine, and the way his mouth curls up into a soft, regretful smile makes it hard to remember why I'm even upset with him in the first place. He runs a freehand through the hair hanging loosely over his forehead, revealing even more of the worry in his expression. Or maybe that's a look of regret, as it should be. I decided not to reply and flip him off instead. He shakes his head and shrugs his shoulder, as if to say, I tried. And then he goes back inside his apartment and slides his door shut. I put the phone back in my pocket before it gets wet. And I look around at the courtyard of the apartment complex where I've lived for two whole months. When we first moved in, the hot Texas summer was swallowing up the last traces of spring. But this courtyard seemed to swallow, still cling to life. The Vibrant blue and purple hydrangeas line the walkway leading up to the staircase and the fountain of fix in the center of the courtyard. Now that summer has reached its most unattractive peak, the water in the fountain has long since evaporated. The hydrangeas are a sad, wilted reminder of the excitement I felt when Tori and I first moved in here. Looking at the courtyard now, defeated by the season, is an eerie parallel to how I feel at the moment, defeated and sad. I'm sitting on the edge of the now empty cement fountain, my elbows propped up on the two suitcases that contain most of my belongings, waiting for a cab to pick me up. I have no idea where I'm going to take me, but I know I'd rather be anywhere except where I am right now, which is, well, homeless. I could call my parents, but that would give them ammunition to start firing all the we told you so's at me. We told you not to move far away, Sydney. We told you not to get serious with that guy. We told you if you had chosen free law over music, you would have paid for it. We told you to punch with your thumb on the outside of your fist. Okay, maybe they never 
taught me the proper punching techniques. But if they're so bright all the damn time, they should have. I clench my fist and then spread out my fingers. Then I clench it again. My hand is surprisingly sore, and I'm pretty sure I should put ice on it. I feel sorry for guys. Punching sucks. What else sucks? Rain. It always finds the most inappropriate time to fall, like right now, when I'm homeless. The cab finally pulls up, and I stand and grab my suitcases. I roll them behind me as the cab driver gets out and pops open the trunk. Before I even hand him the first suitcase, my heart sinks. I suddenly realize that I don't even have my purse on me. Shit. I look around, back to where I was sitting on the staircase, then feel around my body as if my purse will magically appear across my shoulders, but I know exactly where my purse is. I pulled it off my shoulder and dropped it to the floor right before I punched Tori in her overpriced Cameron Diaz nose. I sighed and I laughed, of course. I left my purse. My first day of being homeless would have been way too easy if I'd had a purse with me. I'm sorry, I say to the cab driver who is now loading my second piece of luggage. I changed my mind. I don't need a cab right now. I know that there's a hotel about half a mile from here. If I could just work up the courage to go back inside and get my purse, I'll walk there and get a room until I figure out what to do. It's not as if I could get any water.